Golf continues an impressive run, volleyball has an absolutely massive week, and conference play is just around the corner. And we break down what was a difficult night in Fayetteville for your football Wampus Cats. I'm Levi Gilbert, and this is Six Love. Welcome to Six Legs. I'm Levi Gilbert, and this is your podcast home for all things Wampus Cat and Lady Cat Athletics. I'm joined again today by one of the voices of the Wampus Cats, Tim Roach. Tim, how are you? Fine. I'm looking forward to a better week this week. Let's do something right. Yeah, it's always hard coming off of a Friday loss. Believe yeah. me, we'll we'll get into we did have all some of good that. things. We did have some good things happen last week. Had some great things happen last week. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we dive into all of the great things and not so great things, I just want to remind you, our show is fan supported on Patreon. So if you like what you hear, drop on over to patreon.com slash six legs and help support the show financially to help make it sustainable. And a huge, absolutely huge shout out to our first patrons, Malcolm and Susan Smith. They sent us a message on Patreon thanking us for covering the Wampus Cats and that they love the show. I mean, how cool is that? It's awesome. awesome. Yeah. It's great. So we really appreciate the Smiths supporting the show directly, and we hope that you'll consider doing that too. So again, head on over to patreon.com slash six legs to check out the different tiers and perks of supporting the show. Time now for last week's headlines, and we begin today with your volleyball Lady Wampus Cats, because it was a monster week for Lady Cat Volleyball. Starting back on Tuesday, they defeated Russellville on the road two to one, led by Megan Smith with 12 kills, Kaylin Neal added eight kills and uh, had a 727 hitting percentage, which, you know, sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm still learning some of the volleyball lingo. Uh, Emma Frazier. Good. Yeah, seems, seems pretty good to me. I mean, you know, <laughs> Emma Frazier finished with 11 assists and two aces and Kennedy Wyrick had 14 digs. Then the Lady Cats won in three over Benton at home on Thursday in what Coach Laura Crow described as a great atmosphere in Buzz Bolding Arena. Would you concur, Tim? You were absolutely, there. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people showed up. Student sections showed up. It was good to see people in the gym to watch volleyball again. It was a good event. Yeah. Smith had 12 kills. Madison Holloway added seven kills in two blocks. And Olivia Weedauer finished with 19 assists. Wyrick served four aces and had 18 digs. Now, anything you want to say about the Benton match? Because you, you were there doing PA. Anything stand out to you? Well, first of all, let me say, uh, I love beating Russell at anything. So yay to the cats <laughs> for that. I mean, I, that's that goes back to my days. So thankful for that. But yeah, it was, not only was it a great environment and a good way to really kick off the homestand um, for the Lady Cats, they did a great job of maintaining their composure when the heat started they would they would it was one of those it seemed like every set was we would race out to a lead and then benton would figure it out and here they would come and a lot of times when you're in the front and you're and they're starting to to really get you from behind there it's hard to it's hard to stop that momentum volleyball is such a weird game about momentum um, i've never seen timeouts completely stop what was going on i mean it's just how it works they did a great job, senior leadership, leadership on the floor of stopping them, bitten momentum and, and closing out every set. It was, it was great from a lot of personal uh, perspectives on the team. We had Madison Holloway have a great game. Newcomer Megan Smith, fantastic game. Kennedy Wyrick had a great game. Olivia, I mean, Car uh, Kara Scott, yeah, they all did. It was just a great match. Yeah, it's awesome. Lady Cats also made a trip up to Northwest Arkansas on Friday, so it wasn't just the football team. Uh, the Lady Cats got to watch the Lady Razorbacks volleyball team take on UAPB and then played in a tournament in Bentonville on Saturday, beating Greenwood 2-0, losing to Rogers 2-0, and then beating Blue Springs South 2-0 to get to the gold bracket of the tournament. So that's those three games or matches all on Saturday. And then... They advanced to the gold bracket and played three more <laughs> games on Saturday. So in that round of play, the Lady Cats lost to Greenbrier one to two, which was a pr pretty, pretty rough uh, affair losing to, to Greenbrier. Um, beat Rogers two and O, oh, and then beat Kickapoo, Missouri, two one, finishing four and two overall on the weekend and were the gold consolation champions. So, you know, there was pool play and then they had different brackets 
and you know it, it was kind of crazy i tried to find out like where did you finish third and they said the tournament really didn't announce anything officially but they were the gold consolation champions and, and but but the thing about it is and i know they like the they like the medals and whatnot but that was a great opportunity that that event up in northwest arkansas it really is a primer for when we really start conference play, which is on Thursday of this coming week. So really a good chance to kind of really iron it out, really get some momentum and then go into conference play. Yeah. Some crazy numbers in the tournament. Weed hour compiled 106 assists and 13 aces. Smith had 47 kills. Uh, Naomi young had 32 kills on the, on the, during the tournament and Kara Scott, 63 digs. And Kaylin Neal had six blocks. So big, big weekend, six matches in one day. It's crazy. Um, your six and two Lady Cats travel to Fayetteville on Tuesday. I mean, talk about going from a crazy weekend to another crazy. So Fayetteville, they won it all last year, right? Am I, yeah. I remember that yeah. correctly? That's right. Yeah. They're to listen. They, Fayetteville, and, and, and we talked, I think, a little bit about this last week in the, in the last podcast. The, the the power of, of volleyball shifts pretty dramatically from it seems like year to year. Central Arkansas has it, Northwest Arkansas has it, and Fayetteville right now. It's, a lot of the of the power is in the Northwest Arkansas side. Conway, I think, is the cream of the crop in the Central side. I mean, there's there's always North Little Rock, there's always Cabot. They've come up. Conway, I think, is really settled in to be kind of the leader in the Central side, but Fayetteville is just tough. I mean, they they're well coached. They have a lot of talent there and they're used to winning. I mean, once you build that environment, you know, the, you, you, that's what you expect uh, that plays into the psyche of the players as well. Yeah. Yeah. So lady cats going to Fayetteville Tuesday and then open conference play with little rock Southwest Thursday at home. And we're going to be talking to assistant coach Chelsea Faison a little bit later in the show. So can't wait for that. Let's move to tennis. Last Monday's match with Greenbrier was canceled due to the AAA heat guidance policy. Wish we had had some of that on Friday night in Fayetteville. Wow. It was really hot. Uh, and you'll see that, uh, again, heat was a repetitive challenge throughout uh, the show. We'll be talking about that in the next segment. Uh, but the Wampus Cats and Lady Cats did make the trip to Van Buren Thursday. The boys won five of six matches against the host pointers. The Wampus Cats dropped five of six matches against Rogers Heritage all of which were very close, according to Coach James Bates. Senior Cooper Teague and junior Tanner New remain undefeated at 4-0 on the season as a doubles team. And both tennis squads will be back in action, or were back in action on Monday in the Battle of Conway against Conway Christian. And they'll travel to Greenbrier Thursday to make up last week's postponed matches. Over to golf now, Conway hosted the Wampus Cat Invitational last week. And both the boys and girls squads finished as the runners-up overall. Junior Yinta Yang won the boys event in a three-hole playoff. The Wampus Cat golf team had won three state tournaments going in to the Wampus Cat Invitational. That included the Cabot Panther Invitational, the Catholic Invitational, and the Big Cat Classic. The Wampus Cats have had four individual wins out of five tournaments. Sophomore Blaine Burke has won twice, and Yang has also one twice and both squads will compete in the Bryant Invitational Tuesday and the girls will play in a tri-match on Thursday and we closed last week headlines with the opening of the 2021 football season Friday in Fayetteville after a stunning first quarter I mean absolutely exciting first quarter the injuries and penalties slowed down your Wampus Cats who fell to the Bulldogs 41-24 Manny Smith rushed for 96 yards in two scores on just three carries all in the first quarter before being forced out of the game with heat related issues. And Boogie Carr rushed for 101 and one score and Wes Boudreaux hauled in four catches for 115. And Tim, let's just go ahead and segue perfectly into our topic of the show as we break down what was your week zero Wampus Cat loss to Fayetteville. Now, let's just, let's just start from the top overall thoughts i know you've been thinking about it all weekend because that's yeah. just that's just who you are I, I know you've already watched the game again um what what is standing out to you as we've had a, a few days to process the fayetteville game well first i will say this that fayetteville um i knew would be very good they were uh, they were better than what i thought they would be and that's that's on me for for thinking 
anything less. But Bladen Fike uh, is the real deal at quarterback. Uh, they have, you know, probably the best receiver in the state in Isaiah Satania, obviously the most decorated. He's all state and, and D one for Oregon. Um, and then they had a couple of linebackers, Caden Turner and Manny Powell that were just hard to stop. I mean, every time we, we tried to get it, get something going, they found a way to, to get it in our backfield. So overall, I would say that Fayetteville was better than what I thought they were. It doesn't mean that we weren't as good as I thought we would be. Uh, but but for on the Conway side, I thought that even though we got beat by 17, that there were some really great moments in there. And and I think the outcome of the game is different if Manny's able to go four quarters. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I mean, I just think that I think that I got to tell you, I, I mean, I, I felt like West Boudreaux was going to to really kind of move into that leadership role on the wide receiver core and he did that um he is so darn quick off the line of scrimmage he runs great routes he has great hands his footwork is spectacular i went back and watched the game two or three times over the weekend i know i know i know and but but he really i mean he gets off the line of scrimmage so fast that he is he is into the defender before they can really decide what he's trying to do. And, and if you get them in that position, you're going to win a lot of battles. And a couple of his, uh, his routes were just absolute flybys. I mean, they didn't have a yeah. chance. So I thought, so long, long story short here, I thought Conway had some great moments, had some key players come up and really step up. Not even to mention, and I'll, I'll let you, cause I know you like talking about him, but Donovan Amalo was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at his stats, and when you look at the way he played, I was very, very impressed with Donovan Amala. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd like to start there because I yeah. was, and I kept saying it in the broadcast because it was true. Um, I was just impressed with the poise that he was showing. I mean, he didn't he didn't look like a sophomore out there in the fact that he didn't seem overwhelmed or or mm-hmm. you know indecisive or it, all those things that you're looking for that you would expect with just trying to adjust to the speed of the game. I never felt like he was struggling with any of that. Now, you know, he had some, some mental errors um, as he was just trying to extend plays and make plays. I mean, I think he had two intentional grounding calls. That right. stuff's going to happen. I mean, we saw Ben Weiss do that a few times last sure. year when you're, you're such a good athlete and you think that you can get away and keep, keep going. Um, so, you know, you, you take some of that in with, with the fact that he's a sophomore, but no turnovers. I, I thought he, he handled the offense well. He didn't look overwhelmed. Uh, I think you mentioned on air at one point, the way that he even flips the ball when, when he takes the snap, it's just like, love it come on man he's got the style points down too i just i I felt really good now let me say i've told you this several times off air i don't think i've ever said it on air and either i know i didn't say it friday in the broadcast um and i don't think i said it in the first episode of the podcast but um i am i'll admit a little irrationally confident in what this season is going to look like for your wampus cats <laughs> and i have been since we left bryant back in in november late november yeah. i can't explain it um and you know obviously coming into the season you thought we were going to have greg at quarterback and so some of that was built around what we expected he would be able to do and when he went down and and donovan had to step up I'd never really lost my confidence, but what did happen was it made me adjust how I expected the season to start. Right. Because, you know, going in with a a new quarterback uh, as a sophomore is a little different than a junior that's had all that JV experience from the year before. So, you know, this outcome, maybe not as surprising as, as it certainly would have been surprising if we were in their full strength, if Greg had been in there, if we didn't lose Manny for three quarters, um, but it, it is what it is. You're this sophomore quarterback. He's going to keep learning. I think by week uh, three or, or I guess uh, four, whenever we start conference play. Yeah. I can't wait to see what we're going to look like by that point, you know, and, well, and he- I'm not giving them any excuses, but you know, my confidence remains unshaken, but the way I kind of see 
the non-conference schedule maybe playing out is just going to be different than what it would have been. That that's that's a really good point because I mean I was really hoping I obviously hope you, in the non-conference you're hoping for three and zero. Realistically, I thought maybe two and one, and I don't know if it's, it needs to be kind of downgraded a little bit. Bentonville is very good. We'll talk about them in a minute, but mm-hmm. but I will tell you that um, even though the game turned out the way it was, and I get your your take on ha- going having to kind of rethink how what non conference really means to us. And I do believe that it is going to be a couple of things. It's going to be about opening up the playbook a little bit more for Donovan. Mm-hmm. I think he's earned the right to do that. That's my personal opinion. Coach Kelly will, will make that call. I'm not even going to suggest that it's anything different, but I think he's probably earned the right to, to maybe expand it a little bit because of his presence in the pocket. He didn't get, he seemed, I, I can only remember one sack. And I got grounded a couple of times. He had grounding, so those count. But pure sack, I think, is just one. And he he seemed to understand the backside pressure um, very well. He, he just had a, some people have a knack for just feeling the pressure coming through. It looked like that. That's what was going on there. But I will tell you also, when you think about losing Manny Smith and the impact that is on the game, I, you know, to me, offensively. We scored 24. We didn't score in the second half. Mm-mm, that's yeah. that's a, that's another touchdown in the second half. This may be a 10-point game. And you're talking – when you get a 10-point game, things begin to get a little different. So losing Manny for the, for three quarters after what he did the first two quarters uh, – first uh, a couple of possessions, uh, I, that's a major impact. Secondly, I would say this. We, we knew going in that they were going to get the ball to Satania in a lot of different ways. The first play from scrimmage for yeah. him was 80 yards, and and nobody touched him, and it was jet sweep. You know we had eyes on it, and I went back and looked, and I will tell you, yeah, I think there was probably a hold out there. And on jet sweeps, you you if you can get the cornerback to be where he is, where he is, and you have that space, then a lot of times that's going to pop, and the, their wide receiver blocked our cornerback very good, or had a little bit of help to get that done, depending <laughs> on how you want to look at it. But I do think, but I do think regardless, it doesn't matter. But but nobody got a hand on him. And so that's the first play from scrimmage. Mm. He went on to have a huge night. Every yeah. time you turned around, if they needed something, if it was third and eight, if it was third and two, if it was, you know, second and 15, you knew who was going to get the ball. And the problem was, was that Troy Wiseman and Trey and Trayland and uh, it, whoever else was on the coverage, whether it's Mo Freeman, I, I think Mo may have had him a couple of times. It didn't matter because the guy, we had him covered. Yeah. There was not really, other than that first, his first jets, jet sweep for a touchdown, he was covered up for most everything he had. He, he was just able to overcome it. That's just an elite athlete making a play. And you can't, you can't blame a Troy Wiseman for that. You can't blame Trey or Trayland. Uh, he just out, he just outplayed those guys for that one play. Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? I'm glad you're saying that because I had similar thoughts because when you look at it on paper, you're like, gosh, well, if you just look at the score and you look at the big plays, it's like, man, are we really just what we were a year ago defensively where we're giving up big plays? And I don't no. think that's true because no, I don't either. we got tons of stops in the second half. Now, granted, they were kind of letting off a little bit, uh, you know, deep in the third quarter, they were they were just kind of. It seemed like they were just trying to run the clock down. Um, but I don't feel that way. I feel like, yeah, we gave up big plays, but again, like to your point, this okay. guy is just that good. <laughs> He's just yeah. that good, and so I, some of that right. you just got to toss out, you know. Yeah. So I think defensively, and we didn't we had we didn't talk much about defense until right then. I, I know forty one points is a lot, and I know coach is upset about that, and I know he's upset about the fact that Satania was able to have the night that he had. Bladen Fike was really, really good. Um, you know, their their rushing game was not uh, all that great, but it was very it was kind of I guess uh, workmanlike and was able to kind yeah. of get some things done. They didn't really overwhelm us there. I thought the defensive line played really well. I thought our linebackers played well, and I, and believe it or not, I think our secondary played well. Um, all that to say, uh, they were able to to hit some some long balls over the top, and with our guys fighting him for the ball, 
and it just it it didn't play out the way that we would like. But I am I came away, believe it or not, encouraged by the defense because we showed spots of brilliance. I was encouraged by the offense because Amala could manage the game and seemed to understand the presence. Wes Boudreaux, Boogie Carr, who we haven't I haven't even mentioned, had yeah. a great game, over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. They all did what we expect them to do, including Manny. And so, uh, yeah, no, I, is Benville going to be tough? We'll talk about them in a minute. But yeah, they're going to be they're going to be real tough. But so I, just, I think we're I think we're I think we're close. Yeah, what we just talked about defensively, I feel like you can fall in the same trap on the offensive side of thinking, well, man, when Manny went out, we couldn't do anything, and. If you look at just points production, that's true. Yeah, we we didn't do anything after Manny went out in terms right. of, of points, really. I mean, Boogie got a got a, a rushing touchdown, but it, it's it's that's an oversimplification of what happened because yes. we were moving the ball effectively in that second quarter and into the second half. But what really hurt us, but what is also fixable, was fourteen penalties. Yes. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. We, we got to clean a lot of that up because those penalties were just absolutely killing drives and forcing us to punt. They were moving the ball. And so I think it, if you just high level it and say, oh man, as soon as Manny was gone, we just weren't that scary anymore. No, that is not true. We had so many athletes on the field. I can't remember a time last year where we saw more than what, five, maybe six receivers in a game. How many names did we call it receiver Friday night? It was crazy. We, and we probably missed a couple that came in that we didn't even see. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so it, there's so much hope for this. And, again, if you change – this is all goes back to the comments you made, which I think is right on, Levi, and that is this 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 non-conference schedule it has re-swizzled itself to be let's get ready for conference. And it's not – I mean, it may have been a lot of that already, but yeah. – it's not going out. Let's just go out and try to win them all. Let's go out and make sure we're making steps in the right direction. We got a lot to clean up. Okay. Uh, I, I know that coach Kelly wants to score more than 24 points. He's that's not, mm. that's not his number. Right. I know that coach Fimple and coach Panky, and those guys do not want to give up 41 points. 40 points is 41 points is not their number either. So Bentonville is going to be so difficult. Um, but um, there's just a lot to learn from the first game. Yeah. Hey, before we move to Benville, just want to make a few more call outs. Um, Just, you know, things I think we should give credit to. We haven't talked a lot about special teams. Adrian Mejia looked great. I mean, the how many times did he kick it in the end zone? It seemed like almost every time, but maybe one or two. Uh, That was super helpful. Uh, He and he had a field goal, a short field goal, 23 yards. And then also um, give some credit to Ashton Waller because I don't think any of us expected to see him as many times as we had to uh, in the, you know, in a traditional punt formation right. on Friday night. I really think probably everybody on the sidelines thought, well, we're going to be in our spread more on fourth down. And it just, it just couldn't happen because of penalties, frankly, uh, yeah. as much as they wanted it to, but he was really good as well. I'm trying to get, pull up his punting numbers. Yeah. He, Three punts averaged 42.7, and he had a long of 51. I mean, yeah, so. it was great. He turned the field over uh, three different times and, you know, tried yeah. uh, did his best to keep us uh, – give us a shot, keep us in the game. So, Yep, that's a great call out. I loved I loved the way they both uh, really heavy-footed. They both hit it hard. The first kickoff of the game by Satania was still – I mean, I go back to it. Uh, the guy trotted back into the middle of the end zone. You don't see a high school guy, especially a sophomore, hit it to the end of the end zone, and that's where he put the first one. So you know he's got it in him. If he hits it right, it's going to go well. It just sounds different this year. So proud of Ashton being able to to get some key kicks to ter- to flip the field, as you said. Um, so, yeah, very impressive. Last thought, I promise. Yep. You mentioned um, opening the playbook, expanding it with, yep. with, with Amala. I wonder if it got shut down a little bit after Manny went out because we were seeing some cool things they were doing with Manny, the the direct Mm -hmm. snap that he took 82 yards. I kind of wonder, you know, I'm sure they had some other plays like that, some other tricks up their sleeve that they were going to expand upon that we just didn't get to see, unfortunately, because Manny went out with injury. Um, 
So, and, and by the way, I mean, that was a whole thing that happened and it was, it was scary, but everything yeah. sounds good. As far as we know, we've, we've seen, I've, I've talked to Manny through text and, you know, everything seems good, but that was, yeah. it was a wild, wild, uh, it was a wild first half in Fayetteville. I'll just say Let, that. Let's, let's let everybody hydrate better than they did the last first game. That's and, and Brooke, by the way, Brooke and Jacob, I know for a fact, I, I talked to my son, Jack, about it. And he said they were honest from the moment we got off the bus. So, and, but some people just, the, the heat, uh, it, they respond differently. And Manny's yeah. responded that way. And I'm just thankful, uh, like everybody else, that he's he's doing okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look ahead because the road doesn't get any easier. Yeah, um, if, you, if you're a Wampus Cat fan, I was leaving. I, I stayed uh, in, or I actually stayed in Rogers Friday night after the game. And yeah. uh, we were driving back. And uh, on the way back, I was like, well, I'm just going to be right back here on Friday. So. <laughs> here we go. What just, can you uh, tell us about Benville? I know that you've, uh, you were looking at them before we even played Fayetteville. So, yeah, I have, I kind of, I do like to look ahead and I actually looked at them this summer as well. I mean, they are a team. They are, they are a powerhouse in the Northwest part of the state. Uh, they came here last year. And I know that if you go back and look at the score and I, I don't want to make excuses. I mean, you can probably sense that I like, I do that a lot. Um, if you talk to a couple of the coaches and I did, I mean, we had one terrible quarter, one quarter where they, it just fell apart there in the third quarter. It was, um, I forget what it was. It was either close or tied at the half. And, and yeah, it was, um, I, I believe I'll pull it up. Cause, okay. cause you and I were talking about this Friday night. It was like, yeah. I didn't remember that final score being as bad as it was. And it really yeah. surprised me when I went back and looked at um at those stats and i'm gonna i swear i'm gonna find them here but yeah, it, it, it was, was just one i just didn't remember it yeah, yeah i didn't remember it being like that yeah and so and, and the coaches looked at it that way as well i mean we really played with them for three of the four quarters it was just the one quarter that was just terrible we did yeah. not come out of the half yeah it was 17 14 bentonville at the half so it was, it was 14 all after one bentonville got a field goal in the second and then we got blanked in the third it was 16 to nothing yeah. uh in the third yeah, so it just we didn't come out of the uh, uh, come out of the the gates very well in the second half. So, but some of a lot of that was Bentonville. Uh, they are a seasoned team. They're very well coached. Um, you know, everybody knows about their facilities and the way that they have to approach their game up there. Uh, so, kudos to them. They are they they're elite and they deserve to be. Um, when you look at what they did last year. They, I think it was a bit of a shock. It was who was it that took them out? Was it Cabot that beat? Them yeah, in yeah, please. The so. playoffs, which I, you know, Cabot was strong, but but I thought that Bentonville, I I had being Bentonville Bryant, you know, in the in the uh, in the in the championship game, but it didn't turn out that way. But when you look at what they lost, they didn't lose. They lost some players. They didn't lose a lot. Quarterbacks um, gone. Uh, Three of their four linebackers graduated, uh, both corners. Defensively, Um, yeah, defensively is where they took the biggest hit, really. Yeah. Because if you look at – they've got a quarterback. His name is Drew Wright. Um, He he is – his footwork – I watched the – I knew he was going to be strong, but I watched the the game that they had last week or this past Friday and just watched how he moved in the pocket, what he did with the ball. He threw a couple of picks, okay, so – yeah, he mm-hmm. can he can put it out there and and you know uh Blake uh uh not Blake uh uh quarterback from Fayetteville drawing a blank if, uh, oh uh Fike Fike Bladen Fike Bladen Fike Bladen Fike the weird <laughs> you wanted to say name. Blake Fiden yeah 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 I don't want to do it. so but he he listen he tried to give us about three passes he did yeah uh, we got so, one <laughs> and we are very pick happy this is a very good secondary and I, I, I their 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 pride is bruised. I have a feeling they're going to come out. Will it make a difference? I don't know, but they're going to come out probably a little bit better this week, but they're going to need to because this guy can, can play drew Wright is a quarterback, really good footwork, man. He looks good in the pocket. He looks good rolling out. He's very good throwing the ball on the run. They have, uh, they have a running back that we saw last year. Uh, Josh Ficklin, I think is his name. Um, He's number one. You're going to keep an eye on him. He'll start, mm-hmm. but they've got a second running back, uh, number 21, as Sean Anderson, and he's built differently. But he he's he's great. They had I think combined 
they had over 200 yards rushing against uh, yeah their team last week. Yeah, and well, and they that's what they had combined against us a year ago as well. Yeah, so and, they, and two scores. Yeah, so their their running game, their backfield is good. They've got two wide receivers. One is really good. His name is Cooper Smith. He's number twelve. Um, they looked for him kind of like they did Satania. You know, if they got in a pinch, I was watching the 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 game on Huddle, and I was like, I, I mean, this looks like a moment for number twelve again. And sure enough, it, he was going straight to him, and he didn't even look off for another read. Hiked the ball to him. It was where was number twelve, and he was throwing hmm. it that direction. So they also have a guy named Charles Nimrod who's number five, that's really good. So they they outscored the team. It's like North Liberty, I think it was the name of the team. I don't even recognize them. They may be in the, like a Oklahoma or a Missouri team. But they out, they played them uh, 41 to 30, I think, was the final score. So they've got and, – and, and they they showed not weaknesses on defense, but they – they had some moments where you were like, okay, the middle of the field looks pretty light there. I mean, their 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 linebackers are fast. Again, they're well coached. They're big. Again, who's not shocked by that? Uh, but they did. They sprinted to the ball so fast that they left some gaps open and they left some lanes open. Um, their receivers had a little bit of success running the in routes into the middle of the field. Um, they played a lot of man coverage. I was surprised by that. And, and they, this team Liberty, uh, they exploited it. So I think there's some opportunities there. Now they, they yeah, have, a, I like the say, sound of that. Yeah, well, I, I'll, say, I'll say this. So, so I, I love, uh, yeah, I love, uh, uh, West Boudreaux running by somebody. Um, I will say this, that they two, two final points on defense. They have a guy number 20, uh, and my notes here. Kendrick Sualau, um, who I watched him play and he, he, he played a lot of downs, but when he really stood out was not making tackles in, you know, as a linebacker or in the flat, he made his mark blitzing and shooting gaps when he came and he did a little lot. When he came, he was untouched and very fast to the running back or very fast to the quarterback. So you got to keep up for that. The other thing I would say is offensively, they converted on 80% of their third downs. I don't like the sound of that. 80%. And, but again, what they did was they were looking for number 12. He had a big night. Uh, Josh Ficklin had a great night. So they've got weapons and they know how to, and, and again, they've been there and they've done that. They're not worried. They're not going to be too worried about the Wampus Cats coming in. Um, they're very sure. It's a very sure team. Not I wouldn't say cocky, but they're very confident team. Um, we're going to have to play our very best to uh, to to beat them. Well, it reminds me of a, a few years ago. Uh, I believe it was Coach Ashcraft's final season. I think maybe uh, when we went up to Bentonville early in the season came away with a kind of upset shocking win and then sure. went back to the same stadium later in the playoffs and, and beat Benville West. So uh, we've had some recent successes yeah. in that stadium. So, you know, it, it could be, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be an exciting night. The biggest thing for me, and, and, you know, I I'm guilty of this as myself and, and I'm sure the coaches, you know, they, they know how to speak to the players to this point, which is, Hey, got to set that, that last one aside, put Fayetteville in the rearview mirror. And because we got another uh, tough game this Friday and you, you know, if you're, if you don't come ready and your mind's not focused on this Friday, then it, you know, it could get ugly real quick. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited after some of the things you've told me. So I really am. I think there's a chance here and there's a way, listen, if we can win this ball game, it makes everything start to look a little bit better. I think our coaching staff know they know how to correct the mistakes that were made and they know how to game plan and they've got a little bit more to work with. If, if Manny can stay healthy for a full game and if, if they can take a few steps forward with Donovan Amala. I don't know how you do it every week. You get me more and more excited. I said it last week. I'll say it again. It's a long trip up to Northwest Arkansas if you don't want to make it, we will be there. Me and Tim, we'll be there live with our whole Conway Corp crew. You can watch that on channels five and 585 if you're in Conway. And you can always watch it on Conway Corp channel five 
the the YouTube channel uh, on YouTube. So we'll be there. We'll have the game live for you. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30. Time now for this week's Meet the Cats segment. And joining us now is volleyball assistant coach Chelsea Faison. Coach Faison, welcome to Six Legs. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, you're one of the one of the few, the proud, I think that's a say, saying somewhere else, but you're, you're one of the rare former and current Lady Cats because, of course, you you were a Lady Cat and now you're mm-hmm. coaching. That's pretty yes, neat. Yes, I love it. Me and actually my two younger sisters were too, so it's awesome. Uh, it's like a whole family affair. I love being back. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, Coach Crow has nothing but uh, high, nice things to say about you. And uh, she said you're more of a co-coach than, a, than an assistant coach. That's how she feels about you. So it's good stuff. Um, we're going to talk about the week that was for, for your Lady Cats because it was a wild week, a lot of things going yes. on. Um, and a little bit later, we're going to talk about Pink Night as you have a lot of involvement uh, with organizing that. So excited about that. But let's go ahead and start back on uh man all the way back to tuesday when the lady cats traveled to russellville yes so we went to russellville on tuesday um which is always nice there's a former lady cat there as well who coaches uh and ashley jackson Uh, and so it's great to go back and see her uh, and have the whole conway family together um but tuesday night um we're still working through our lineups trying to figure out uh, mainly that setter position. Who's going to pull away? Um, do we want to run a 6-2, a 5-1? Uh, and so it was nice to get to play around uh, with all three of our options uh, on Tuesday night. Um, and we, Russellville's a pretty big team. They have some pretty tall girls. Um, so it was good for our hitters to have to work around that block. Um, but I would say we dominated because of our serving. Our serves were killer. Um, like falling on the very back line, uh, just having a lot of movement. Um, So it was awesome to see all the girls' hard work and their serving drills uh, pay off on Tuesday night uh, to get that W. Yeah, Russell is always, I'll say Russell is always tough. I mean, it doesn't matter what what you really do there. They're going to be big. They're going to be good. Uh Uh, So you were able to go in and and take one. That was the first real game of the season, right? Correct. Yeah. The first yeah. one that counted on your record. Yeah. So that's always difficult to go into an away or, uh, uh, environment and, and it's Conway Russellville. And I know a few coaches that are like, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is, let's beat Russellville. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I'm one of those people that fall into that category, yes. but then you, but then you moved right into, so you win that one and you move right into Benton. Talk about Benton. Mm-hmm. How's that game? Benton, that one that's always played up. Um, a lot of our girls play with those Benton girls in club ball. Um, and so I feel like we see them all throughout the season and then they just produce some top level volleyball players. Uh, and so it's good. I feel like that's a good matchup in the beginning for us to kind of test where we're at. Like, can we handle it? Uh, can we not handle it? Um, and they, um, we, once again, we had some really good serving. Um, the girls were going to their zones and really making their passers um, not pass very accurately, which took them out of their offense. Um, They have two D1 outsides who bang the ball the whole time. Uh, And so it was awesome to see. I feel like our defense stepped up. Uh, They were taking care of those hard hit balls. And then um, really we just got them out of their offense, which is what we needed. Well, they had, so you played, you won in three sets, which is great. Mm -hmm. Always great to see, but they were, they were all fairly close. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but I thought, I thought what I saw, and and I'd, I'd like to get your perspective on this. What I saw was, at least two of the three games, you hit about the 20 to 21 point mark. Mm-hmm. You had about a seven, eight point lead. And then they whittled it back down. And then you saw, even without some timeouts, you saw some senior leadership and some leadership on the court, not necessarily mm-hmm. all the seniors, but some right. real leadership to, to step it back down and, and close it out. Right. I agree. It's always scary when you're up a couple points at the end. You're like, oh, please stay focused. Please don't get comfortable. Ride it out. Uh, And then when they start coming back, you know that that team is totally capable of beating us on any day. Uh, And so it was good to see those girls kind of take it personally, especially the seniors that are like, no, you're not going to come in my house and beat me. Uh, And so I I love that. The Conway pride, um, that's big time for me. So I enjoyed seeing them 
handle it and do it in three. Well, there was, you know, I noticed, um, I mean, all the, the, the normal names, if you follow Conway volleyball had good, really good nights. You know, Kennedy mm-hmm. Wyrick and Madison Holloway played really good late. She was really starting to show out late. Yes. Uh, Olivia Weedower was great in her sets. And then you saw, uh, I saw somebody new, uh, sophomore Megan Smith, who, yes. I, and, and Levi, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if you were there or not, but I will tell you being courtside for me over the last few years, there's, there are some girls that when they hit it, it sounds different. And I don't know what all it means to do that. I don't know if it's, if it's how they're impacting with their hand or whatever, but it just sounds different coming off of Megan. Does that, do you see that? Yes. Megan is exciting. And um, she's very, I mean, our two outsides cannot be more opposite from one another. You have Kennedy Wyrick, who's five, two, uh, and who can jump out of the gym and places the ball well, and has that, that quick speed. Uh, and then you have Megan who's five ten with a huge wingspan uh, and she kind of hits, it's a long, a really long swing and approach. Uh, but when she gets it, it goes straight down and it's super exciting. Um, Cause she's kind of like that, that D one hitter that you normally think of, right? The lean, the tall, the long. Uh, and so she has all that right now as a sophomore. Uh, so it's super exciting to watch. Yeah, it, was yeah, great. Meg- it, was, it was great three games. Megan mm-hmm. had 12 kills at Russellville and another 12 at home against Benton. So doing getting the job done. Yes, she is. And she doesn't seem like super nervous out there as a sophomore out, like starting as our pretty much first outside hitter. You would think more nerves would get to her, but she's really just kind of poised and goes with it. Uh, and so I love that the, men- the mentality is there, that she's not nervous to be out there and handles her business. That's awesome. Yeah. Then the Lady Cats also made a trip up to Northwest Arkansas on Friday. Not the only Wampus Cats <laughs> team having to make that trip. Wasn't just you know. football. Uh, but I heard I heard uh, you and the team got to uh, go watch the Lady Razorbacks volleyball team on Friday. We did. That was awesome. Uh, I feel like with our, our seasons being the same, it's sometimes hard to go and see, you know, Arkansas play at that top level. Um, and it was cool because there's – three or four girls that we saw in the past few years graduate from Arkansas schools that are now on that roster. Uh, and I think it kind of gives our girls some hope, you know, like, Hey, I played against those girls. I've blocked that girl. Um, you know, I could go and play at a high level uh, and compete. And so that's, I feel like the most special part is really seeing those Arkansas girls out there. Yeah. And speaking of playing at a high level and competing with, with some Arkansas talent, and some talent outside the state as well. The Benville tournament on Saturday, your team played six matches in one day. Yes, it was a marathon. Um, it was really, I feel like normally you kind of have breaks in between games, um, but it was really back to back to back, especially, it was kind of funny. We played um, Greenbrier, and then right after that, we went and played another game. It was People were like, oh, we have another game? we have another game. Like it just kept going. Uh, it's like, you're excited, but at the same point you're exhausted and kind of hoping like eventually this will end and I'll get to go home. Um, but they are probably still worn out, probably still in bed today. Um, getting back so late and playing as hard as they did, uh, especially our kids who play all the way around, like they have to be exhausted today. Um, but we were really proud of them. Um, they pulled together um, some good wins against Greenwood, uh, who's always in the running for a state championship. Uh, a good win against uh, Blue Springs South, who's a good team out of Missouri, I believe. Um, and we got to play Kickapoo, another team out of Missouri. And uh, our losses kind of hurt us. Um, Rogers, who we'll see again in state tournament. Um, but it's good to have film on them and kind of know maybe what more to expect. Um, we beat them and we lost to them. Um, so knowing we kind of have the confidence to do that will help us out later in the season. Uh, and then we lost a three-set match to Greenbrier. Um, so a little close to home, um, but it helped us build uh, and see what we definitely need to work on uh, to get back out and do it again on Monday. Uh, so we have lots of things that we know we're going to be practicing for tomorrow uh, to fix and kind of tweak those little things. So just take, on t- who do you play on Tuesday? We go up to Fayetteville. So that'll be a big test this wow. week. 
Um, yeah, we turn around and go right back. Um, apparently, they're in a, everyone's saying they're in a different league than everyone else this year. So uh, it'll be good for us to go up there and really test ourselves again. Uh, hopefully, their legs are fresh after 48 hours of recovery. Gotcha. And so then you, do you start uh, conference play on Thursday? Yes. Uh, we play Southwest on Thursday. So right, we'll get started at, in conference. And that's at Buzz Bowling Arena. So it is. Yes. What time, what time, what time is, is, is the first serve? JV will kick off at five o'clock. Five o'clock immediately yes. followed by, by the varsity. Great. Varsity. Yeah. Seems like uh, I just got to double check, make sure I know when to be there. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't want Coach Crow nervous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, Coach, you know, another thing that we want to talk to you about t- tonight is, uh, of course, the, the annual pink night. Um, we've heard that, you know, you're very involved in helping organize that. And and if you could just just to start, if, you know, if people are listening to this and they don't know what pink night is, can you just kind of explain what this event is? Uh, for for Conway Volleyball. Yeah, so Pink Night is a way for our girls to give back. Um, We have girls who love Conway uh, and want to help a lot of times a community member out who's battling cancer. Um, It started with Coach Fournier. Uh, She started it, I think, 12 years ago. I think I was a junior or senior on the team, Uh, and it started as a little fundraiser Um, At that point, it wasn't specific to Conway. Uh, You would raise money and then send it in to like a larger organization. Uh, But she really turned it around and made it more personable, uh, made it a community member uh, for Conway to buy in and help out. Um, And so I I got to take that on. Uh, My first year, she stayed on and helped a lot uh, and kind of showed me the ropes. Uh, And then unfortunately, last year we had COVID. uh, And so we weren't able to do anything for Pink Night. And so this year... Uh, we're coming back uh, and then kind of trying to make it my own, uh, more manageable um, for sure. Uh, and so we're going to start selling T-shirts this week. Uh, we have a cool design that we have that we'll be showing on social media uh, and starting to push that out. Um, and then the day of, we'll have a burger dinner that Centennial uh, Bank always donates uh, that will sell for five dollars there at the game. Uh, and then we'll also have a silent auction. Uh, So people who are wanting to help out uh, can buy t-shirts, they can make donations, or they can donate something to our silent auction, uh, which always has some really great uh, items in it. Uh, This year, we're kind of focusing on gift cards, uh, making some big baskets and bundles out of that um, for people to bid on. Uh, And then we always have a TV or two um, that people like to bid on, uh, and they really enjoy that. Uh, And then this year, we get to honor uh, a former or a Conway native. Uh, in Sydney Stoner Shelton. Um, She graduated with uh, me in 2011. Uh, She was on the swim team. She was a volleyball manager. Uh, And so she currently lives in St. Louis, um, but her family still uh, is in Conway. Uh, And so we get to take our proceeds this year uh, and help her out. Um, She's battling stage four colon cancer. Uh, And so we're excited to help her, um, knowing that she's a former lady cat uh, and being a manager. Uh, and so we're very excited. Uh, the girls really love it. They do. The best part to me is that the day of, they take these little chain book, change buckets and they are in groups of like four. And they, when the bell rings, they go out to all the cars in the parking lot and collect all the change. They'll just be like clawing people's windows down. Give me your money. Give me your money. Uh, and so it's really special. Uh, and you always have the little sneaky ones that get their parents to bring them like 20 bucks. Like, oh, someone out there donated to me $20. Uh, and so it's a fun competition. Uh, and then they win gift cards out of it. Uh, and the girls, they really love Pink Night. Uh, in our seventh grade and junior high, we'll sell t-shirts and sell pink beads to wear to the game. Uh, so it's really a full seven through 12 volleyball program um, by charity fundraiser. So we really love it and we look forward to it every year. And this year it's gonna be on September 23rd. So we'll be playing Bryant. So it'll be a good game to come out to. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like you need any more inspiration to come out to play Bryant. Right. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Tim's eyes just immediately. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, you mentioned September 23rd, still a little bit of ways, but is there yeah. anything people can be doing now? Um, getting the word out about coming to the game, um, selling, buying T-shirts. So I'll, we'll post them on social media. 
uh, and people can respond back uh, and then we can sell shirts that way. Um, and then really if businesses could donate uh, gift cards or um, silent auction items, uh, those are always a great hit uh, and people love to come out for that silent auction. Yeah. And right. it's a big, it, Levi, it's a big night. If, um, if you've not been there, it, I mean, it's, there's a lot of people there. Uh, a, a lot of pink shirts. I wore a pink shirt. Yes. Last year <laughs> they talked me into it. So I had that too. So, but it's, it is, it's really, um, it's a very emotional night, but it's also a very good night for mm-hmm. uh, pulling together and pulling for everybody. So, yeah. Yes. Well, and you got to feel like it's going to be even bigger this year because you didn't get to have it last year. So I know it's like, we've seen great turnout at our game so far. Our student section has been really big. So I think people really miss that, the idea of going out to games last year uh, and this year they're really going overboard and I, I love it there. The student section's beating on the pads at the front. Uh, and I, I hadn't seen that in a couple of years. And so it's nice to have fans back in the stands. Very true. Very true. So Wampus Cats VB on Twitter, be following them there. I'm sure that's where the t-shirt design will come out uh, in the next week or so. So coach Faison, thanks uh, for joining us here on six legs. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks Chelsea. Time now for the face off and joining us on this special segment is Jeff Matthews, the six legs official face off officiator. That's hard to say. Yes. And it's very (laughs) difficult to be. Congratulations, Jeff. I'm, I'm proud Thanks. of you and for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if you're new to this, this is how it works. The face-off goes way back for me. All right. Not only is it an amazing John Woo action popcorn flip from my childhood, it is also an amazing segment that we used to run at the end of every edition of the Sports Beat, my old radio show from my KUCA days. All right. So here's how it works. Three topics, two sides, one winner. So Jeff will introduce each topic, and Tim and me will each get about a minute to argue our side before Jeff awards a point to the winning argument. First one to two points wins. Jeff, it's all yours. All right, question number one. Which Wampus Cat stood out the most on Friday night? I would assume you're meaning football Wampus Cat. So which Wampus Cat stood out the most for you on Friday night? Levi, you're the host. I'll give you the floor first. (sighs) Yeah, I mean... I feel 100% about this, that it's sophomore quarterback Donovan Amala. I mean, I really don't think there's any other argument. He's a sophomore. He wasn't expecting to be the starter coming into this season. It's thrust upon him with what, like a week and a half before the first game. You're going on the road, on the road, starting your career on the road at one of the elite programs in the state for the last, what, two decades, longer even. And he did great Like, he didn't get in trouble. He kept plays alive, didn't score any touchdowns, but didn't turn the ball over, 18 for 33 for 230, kept the offense moving. There were some other problems that we had. He had a few penalties on himself. These are all things that you're going to learn as a sophomore. But come on, what more could he have done for you? I think he did his job and then some. I was impressed with Donovan Amala. Not a bad argument. All right, Tim, who you got? Well, I thought that was a ridiculous argument. I I, I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry. But, but, but so not to influence you, Jeff, but that was totally ridiculous. He had a great game. Love Donovan Amala. All right. So my, my guy is going to be Manny Smith. Um, We know he went out with, with uh, uh, some health related issues. Thank goodness. Everything's okay there. Um, But the guy had five touches. He had five touches, three rushes, two receptions, about 115, 116 yards, two touchdowns. When he left the ball game, his impact was immediate. They had to focus and they had a game plan for him. They were able to kind of pull us around. So they stopped our momentum when he left the game. Manny Smith, he even got a shout out from Isaiah Satania on Twitter that said uh, on his little three-man weave that he did in between all, the, all of the defenders and, and scored the 17-yard touchdown. Satania says, you're cold, bro. So listen, it's, it, it is Manny Smith. And everybody knows it. Well, here's the irony of Isaiah's comment. You cold, bro, was the problem. Had, had he been cold, bro, he'd have stayed in the game. Okay. Right? Oh, so Fair. Oh, my gosh. Right? Am I, tell me That's I'm exact, wrong. No, you're exactly Okay. Right. And wrong. I will tell you this. So, so from my perspective, if I've got a moment here, um, I was in the stands with my wife 
we were watching our son Drew, who was yep. uh, dressed out with the team. So I was in the stands for a Wapiscat game for the first time since the year 2000. And and when Manny was on the sideline, and when they took his pads off, and you could you could see how he was struggling, everything changed. Not only on mm-hmm. the football field, but in the stands. And and it just the air went out of the Wampus Cat side in those moments and Fayetteville took advantage of it. So I will reward the point. I will award the point with the reward of one point to Tim Roach. This is how you start off. Listen, I, I accept. I'm, you're terrible. You're terrible. I accept. And what I want to say is I am impressed with just how quickly Tim has captured the spirit and soul of this because he came at me so hard right out of the gate. Wow. Well, I don't like right, it let's... when you're wrong. I don't like it when you're wrong. All right. So now on to question number two, and it's volleyball related for the Lady Cats who were in Bentonville. Who had the more impressive Bentonville tournament? Was it Olivia Widor with 106 assists or our libero, Kara Scott, who had 63 digs? 63 digs. Tim, you'll get the chance to go first this time. Okay. Well, I will, uh, again, I love Karis. She's a great player. Olivia, 106 assists. She has to, she's one of our better servers. She has to, when you're doing the position, playing the position she plays, she is involved in almost, as you can tell with 106 assists, she's involved in every play. If she doesn't go right, by the way, when she does what she does, it sets us up for all the kills. It sets up the momentum of the offense. It keeps us in the flow of the game. Uh, Olivia Widar is critical to this team. She's a junior this year, I think, but she is fabulous at what she does, not only serving the ball, but all those assists. She keeps our offense going into Olivia Widar. I will admit, right. Olivia, Olivia Widar had a great tournament. There's no doubt about it, but I'm sick of all the offensive players getting all the credit. All right. I want to hear it for some defense, okay? This is like baseball. Everybody's excited about launch angles and, and uh, you know, whatever home runs. But come on, what wins championships? It's defense. Come on, let's give defense. our libero some credit. Kara Scott, 63 digs. That's, that's over 10 digs a game. She's over. And what's scarier, okay? Is it scary to, to jump up and slam a ball as hard as you can? Or is it scarier to be the one trying to stop that from happening and save it? Come on, let's give the defense some credit for once. The point goes to Levi. No, see, the, see it has to go to Levi. That's not even fair. It's no, it is fair because I'm the judge here, and <laughs> well, so it it, I, it is Levi because again, and it is it, it is it, it, the, both feats are impressive, but for our because we have three questions, of course, we're going to well, you're still right, the game. So I understand. Leave. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's, 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 a, it's a pity point. Okay. It is. Question number three. All right. Here's where we get serious. Question number three. What's more difficult? What's more difficult? Playing football in 95 degrees or playing six volleyball matches in one day? What's more difficult? Playing football in 95 degrees or playing six volleyball matches in one day? Uh, Tim, let's begin with you on question number three. Okay, well, I've I have seen I've I've done travel volleyball, and it's tough. And I think that they they have to do their part. They got to stay hydrated, all that. But uh, coming from just the press box where there was no air conditioning, and we were facing the sun, and we were literally like the planet Mercury, uh, I cannot imagine what it was like to have pad helmet trying to run out. Getting uh, from the press box was hard enough for me. So those guys, they try to work through it all summer long. They do all the things they've got to do. But then you've got the pressure of everything flying at 100 miles an hour. You've got to get good breaths with things strapped to your chest, a mouthpiece in your mouth, your helmet on, constricting your vision. There's zero doubt that it is football in 95 degrees. All right, Levi, do you agree or do you uh, do you take the other side? Well, I'm, t- I'm taking the other side, and obviously playing football in 95 degrees is, is insane, especially on turf. It's like way even hotter than that. But yeah. when you're playing football, especially at the 7A level, you know, think about it personally. You're probably only playing maybe half of the plays of the game. So you got lots of time to, to, to sit back and get some water when you're not on the field. You're very rarely on the field at all times at the 7A level. There's so many kids. But volleyball, on the other hand, 
you're 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 constantly moving there's no stopping and think about all of the the squats that they're having to do six matches they had 14 sets across all six of those games i wouldn't be able to walk maybe ever again if i did as many squats and and jumps as they were doing my legs would probably just my my shins would probably just snap in half honestly that was that was the first true statement you made all day all right this is difficult but but here's how i'm going to to rule on this i definitely see both points Levi's point, uh, you know, that uh, how many sets total did you say? 14. I think 14 is where 14, they ended up. 14 sets. That's a lot of volleyball. Mm. And and with or without air conditioning, those gyms aren't always comfortable. And who knows if they had the air conditioning that they needed. For football, though, they're trying to damage each other <laughs> in addition to the 95 degrees. So with Fair. that being said, I think it's more difficult to play football in 95 degrees. The point goes to Tim. Tim Roach, the winner of our first face-off here on the Six Legs. Congratulations. Rookie takes it all. And listen, just so you know, I'm going to enjoy this moment for a while. Uh, Jeff, I think, I think quite frankly, you know how I'm about officials. And um, I thought, I thought that you were genuine in your delivery, (laughs) um, that you listened to everything and, um, I thought it was a fair approach. I, I I will tell you, I think I've got some concerns about the one point you gave to Levi, but mm-hmm. mostly I think you did a great job. You understand that that was show business though, right? Of course I do. You didn't have to say that on the air though. I, I've never, I've never heard Tim speak so kindly about an official. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yes. Do you want me to give you my cash app on the podcast or just, text <laughs> just slip it on the side? Let's stop talking Done. about it. Oh, wow. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the face-off. Jeff, our uh, Six Legs official face-off officiator. It's the hardest thing to say. Jeff, thank you so much. Glad to do it, guys. See you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Now let's take a look at the week ahead for your Lady Cats and Wampus Cats. Uh, Let's see. Tuesday, golf at Bryant. The Bryant, I think it was a Bryant Invitational is what they called that. Uh, Also, Big, big matchup. We talked about it all throughout the show, but volleyball at Fayetteville, that's going to be a huge one. Can't wait to see the outcome from that. Thursday, full slate, all kinds of volleyball, Tim Roach. Yes. All kinds. Everywhere. There's volleyball all across the city. And yeah, girls golf at Benton as well. So uh, uh, volleyball, the JV and varsity opening conference play with southwest that's at buzz bowling arena fill it up get loud they've yes. they've noticed they've been yes. hearing you they like it yes and, and then of course uh, varsity football at bentonville and we we've said it already but we'll reiterate here we will be there live with conway corp with pregame coverage starting at 6 30 um, so let's go ahead and close things out with our part parting shots tim roach parting shot for the week ahead volleyball let me start there i think this volleyball team has a chance to be really 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 special they have the right mix of youth and and senior leadership they have the right mix of hitters great backcourt players coaching staff that knows what they're doing i think they have to uh, a chance to be really special and i would also say this don't give up on the on the Wampus Cats after one game of football. This is going to be a really good team, and they're going to play it out. And you're going to see this in the next couple of weeks. It's real progression from where they were Friday night to where they're going to be going into conference. I'm really excited about what I see with it with this team. Yeah, just a big old ditto from me. But uh, um, yeah, I'm going to focus on volleyball too because that matchup with Fayetteville. I mean, come on, defending state champs. We're going to see, we're going to see what we got here. We're going to see it on Tuesday. So that's really exciting. That's going to do it for this week's six legs. Remember, if you like what you hear and you want to support this type of local content, please go to patreon.com slash six legs and contribute directly to the show, make it sustainable. Uh, There's a few different tier options, including the ability to interact with us directly. So if you want to submit comments and questions to me and Tim or topic ideas, whatever, patreon.com slash six legs. There's some other uh, tiers and perks on there as well. And again, huge props to our first patrons. Got to go back and it's the Smiths, but I want to get their first names again. Malcolm and Susan Smith. Thank you so much. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, and hey, if you can't contribute, it's fine too. 
share the YouTube link, like it, comment on it, just share everything all around podcast with all the Wampus Cat fans in your life. So until next week, Tim, thank you, sir. Thank you. Go Cats. Six Legs is a product of Gilbert Learning and Media, LLC. The show is conceived by, written by, and edited by me, Levi Gilbert. My co-host is Tim Roach. Six Legs is fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash sixlegs. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are Malcolm and Susan Smith. Thank you so much for contributing to local content.